All right, welcome guys to another episode of the Evolution Podcast. So today we have got a phenomenal, we've got a great show for you guys today. So today's show, I actually have a special guest who is going to be joining us today. He's going to be, obviously, you know, we kind of already saw the preview. He popped up on the camera there. But uh, with no further ado, Jaden, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I do not take it lightly. I am Jaden Watkins. I am a 15-year-old um, published author, host, licensed minister. Uh, okay, what else I do? I'm assistant director and I, and I am um, involved in my community. So that's a little bit about me. Um, and I know we will get into some more facts throughout the show, so I'll start right there. But I just want to reiterate that thank you, Emmanuel, for this opportunity. Awesome. First off, I just want to say, man, I love the candor, by the way, because we're having we're having this conversation right now. And, you know, my mind is going, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't feel like I'm talking to a 15 year old. I actually think I'm like talking to a grown man here. But so, Jaden, kind of like most 15 year olds right now are probably, you know, running around in the street or trying to basically, you know, do other things, but you're here right now on a podcast and at 15, you're a published author. I mean, you know, kudos to you on that, but how did you get started? Okay. So I just want to make sure I answer your question. Do you mean get it started with the public speaking, the author and what aspect? The full backstory, basically. Okay. So I'll first start off with, I always felt like I was called by God. I always felt like I was destined to do great things. Even at a young age, I'll start right here. When I was seven, six years old, I would ask my mother, since we were around the Christmas time when we were recording this episode, I used to ask my mother for a piano. Um, I used to ask her for a podium, microphones, and things like that when I was six and seven years old. And technically, I was not asking her. I was asking Santa Claus. But now, you know, get a little older, you found out, you know, Santa Claus is not real. Kevin, but Kevin, <laughs> don't, say, don't, say, don't say Santa Claus is not real because, you know, like uh, there's a lot of people right now that might hear that saying you said Santa Claus is not real. You're going to offend a lot of people, you know, so uh, <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, go ahead. I know, I know. But uh, things like that is how I started off. And like I said, I always felt like I was called to do the work of the Lord. I am a Christian, and I feel like a lot of my foundation lies within that, having a true relationship with Jesus Christ. And then I remember probably about two years ago, I was about to get up and speak at a church, and my bio biological father came up to introduce me, and he gave this story. And to just summarize it up, he said that, when I used to go to church around four or five years old, I would pay so close attention to everything the pastor would say. And then when I came back home, I would put on my football jersey and act like a preacher. Now, my dad, he was a football coach, so he gave me this little jersey and I would act like it's my preacher robe at that tender age. And I will, he said, I will reiterate everything that the preacher said that Sunday in my room to myself. So I feel like those are when those doors started opening. But I always felt like I was called by God to do so many things. And I still feel like I'm being called each and every day to do more and more. 
Got you. So what's the, what's the, because I know you started public speaking at nine, right? At nine, you started yes. public speaking. So what's the end goal? Are you, are you, are you transitioning to full ministry? What's, 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 uh, what's your goal? Okay. So I gave my first message. It was a lot of people there. <laughs> i never forget. Uh, it was over a hundred people there. If you ask me in this one church and to say it's a hundred of I would say 100 people in one church. That's a lot for the town I come from. And I remember being so nervous, okay? Get in front of this congregation to give this message. I was frightened, but I gave the message that God gave me and I will never forget. I wear this black shirt and the message was entitled, I am going to a new, greater, higher level. Um, and after the message, people walked up to me and they said, I feel encouraged by it. I feel blessed by it. Even young people got saved that day. So it was an amazing experience. And I feel like that's what unlocked the door. And that's what inspired me and things like that continues to inspire me to do public speaking. Um, and that actually is what launched the first book entitled Higher Heights. Higher Heights book is a connection to the sermon, I am going to a new, greater, higher level. So all, all talks about going to the next level, going higher, connected to the sermon. And then a few years later, it was the book. But I know we're going to get into that, but that's how that kind of connects. And then as far as ministry, I was licensed in my denomination, the Middle Baptist, this past September. And now I, I am a licensed minister. Is another organization that I'm associated with for two other organizations I'm also associated with. And it's just an honor to serve the Lord's people. Now, as a 15-year-old, I cannot <laughs> preach, you know, as much as I want to or travel as much as I want to, but I do preach basically every week. For example, yesterday I preached at a church, but as far as full-time ministry, if God calls me into full-time ministry after high school, I'll go. My favorite Bible verse is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So at the end of the day, it's not my plan. It's God's plan. So I say, Lord, let thy will be done. And I'm just going to scatter over here for a minute and say about an hour ago before this interview, I got a denial from a major opportunity. And I was like, I think I want to cancel this interview because I was not an hour ago. I was like, Jesus, I've been waiting for such a long time. I did everything right. I met with the people I needed to meet up with. I set up everything. But this major opportunity, I found out today that I've been waiting on for a long time. It was a no. So I said at the end of the day, it's not about what Jaden wants. It's about what God's want, what God wants. And if I did not decide to come on here to record this today, although I got that major no an hour ago, how would that help the people? How would that encourage you who are watching or you who are listening? So I have to remind myself that it's bigger than just me. It's bigger than just Emmanuel. It's bigger than just those who listen to this podcast. It's bigger than us, y'all. So we have to get out of the mindset of, oh, I'm just speaking because, you know, I want attention. No, 
you know, anybody could do it for attention, but I want to do it because I want to serve the Lord's people. I want to do it because I want to inspire somebody in some way, shape, or form. So yeah. I know I get long-winded some, with some of my questions. So I apologize, Emmanuel. That's their preacher side. I'm gonna work on my long responses. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 I personally, I. I, I, I just want to say there's not I've, I've done this. I've interviewed, you know, a handful of people. I, I like to say, say that, you know, I've got my fair share of, of doing podcasts. But you, I would say genuinely when you were speaking at that point in time, it was it was not a different. It was like, you know, you know, when you talk to someone, you're like, hey, a plus one, you know, one plus one is two, two plus two is two plus two is four. I was about to say two plus two is three. And then I know the Internet was going to clown me for that one. But um. But when you were speaking there, man, I felt completely something different, dude. I, I would, uh, I'm, I'm not an ordained minister. Right? I'm not. I, I've not preached that any way, in any way, shape, or form. But I think you have a gift. I, I, I'm, I, I rarely ever tell anyone this. I think you have a gift because you have the the gift, the way you even speak, the way you articulate your words, the way you you're able to to there's a there's a thing that preachers that as preachers you you understand there's a way you can appeal to people's emotions. There's a way in which you can you can. And and I think what happened to your point, as to you said, an hour ago something happens where you know you get a denial, something like tragic, terrible happened. I give you a true. I'll give you a story. So um, and 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 I'm gonna ask you. I want to ask you a question. So this was back in 2014, 2014. Same thing. I had something, dude. When I mean this was something, I had just right around this exact same time, December. This exact same time. I was, I was, dude, what I mean, I was, I was waiting on this to happen. This was something that was going to be a game changer, life changer, never happened. Long story short, I, at that point in time, I thought I had lost everything that I built. Okay. This was 2014 to now. So that's like almost nine years ago. And I thought I had lost everything that I'd ever worked for. And I ended up having to move back home. Okay. I've never told the story to anyone before. I ended up having to move back home. So I moved back home to help my father with his business because I couldn't afford to um, stay by myself anymore because everything I had at the time, boom, was completely gone. And when I moved back home, I remember this one, this very, very interesting thing. So my daily activities was to go to the office, help my father, and I usually stay in the office, close up shop, come back home. But this one day, well, it, usually a couple times, but this one day I decided to go home early. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go home early. I'm going to go home. My mom has been sick. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to spend some time with mom. And then this was just an excuse to kill like three to four hours of time so that I don't have to be at work. So I remember I went home, spoke to mom. Mom was getting her hair done. And I remember as I was, because it was, we had a three-story house. And I was, I was, as I was walking down, you know, leaving the stairs, I was like, hey, mom, I'll see you later, you know. Talk to you in you know a few hours. She usually would say like, "All right, bye," right? But she didn't respond. So I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Mom." So I said something. So she didn't respond. Instantly, I felt something was off. I remember I went upstairs, and what did I see? I saw my mom laying there, convulsing. You could just see she was just shoot. Her mouth was just foaming. Her mouth was just foaming. We ended up picking. I picked her up, carried her. You know, got the neighbors, everyone, everyone involved, and we took her to the hospital. And she was in admission. She couldn't, she couldn't move for about almost uh, two to three weeks. Like all, she she didn't have any full control of her body. She could just move. You could just see her eyes moving, but she, it was like completely nothing. And I remember, you know, the doctors were like, "If nobody had found her, she'd be dead." Right now, what was interesting? You know what was interesting? You know what was interesting? A month later, after you know, a month, month and a half after she got back to the hospital, you know, 
whatever the, the thing I was waiting for instantly got approved. And then I went back and I was working. Everything was back normal. You know what happened? If I never lost the opportunity back in 2014, I never would have been there when my mom was sick and I would have gone to call that my mom was dead. You see? So, so in a way, in a way, in, 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 in which is kind of interesting to what you said is in a way you, you mentioned, you mentioned a Bible verse and I wish I was as, 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 as basically educated on the scriptures as, as, as you are. But a lot of times when something is taken away from us that we genuinely want, like, I mean, you were probably like, and you were just waiting. You're like, man, I want this, right. right? You really, really want it. But then you lose it. And then for the next few weeks, you, a few days, few weeks, you feel like, you know, your entire life is crumbling because you were going to define yourself by, by this outcome. But the, the weirdest thing is this is, you know, what they say, you know, when they say that man plans, God laughs, right? It's like you make your plan. But you don't see what's going to happen in a year, two, three, four years. Mm -hmm. So God's like, if I give you what you're asking for right now, mm -hmm. something else might happen that I need you for. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Which is interesting to your point there. So, and, and, and dude, I, I really sincerely commend you for the fact that at 15, because I know at 15, something, if I lose something that I really wanted, by God, I tell you something, <laughs> man, I am the most least. I'm not even useful to society for the next six months. Don't even talk to me. But the fact that you're able to reason and say, you know what, this happened, but I'm still going to progress. Now, I, I want. I'm, I'm. I'm very, very curious right now. In in your mind, as far as how you're processing the situation, do you think if God has given had given you this thing that you really wanted, do you think in some way, shape, or form that would have pre prevented you from doing something that? might be beneficial to your ministry or might be beneficial to you know in, in a path that god has called you for mm, that's a very good question um uh, i'm gonna be honest and say i do not know now i will say that sometimes things happen that we truly don't understand such as like your testimony that you just gave and the one i just gave we're, we're angry at first, we're frustrated at first, and sometimes we don't know why is this happening to me. Then I've been doing everything right. Maybe I've been fasting, maybe I've been praying, maybe I've been building my relationship with Jesus, and now we're like, Jesus, why me? I feel like that certain things, we don't understand why they happen, but everything is connected. Emmanuel, have you ever watched this movie entitled The Lion King? Like it, right? That one. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And you know how they came in the beginning of the movie and all the animals were gathered together uh -huh. and they call it the circle of life and how everything is connected. One animal eats the other animal and that insect eats this big animal is a small insect so everything is connected in our lives everything is connected and the bible verse that i mentioned it talks about god having a master plan for our lives so although we may not understand every event every move every action everything is connected to God's plan for our lives. Mm -hmm. So just like that Lion King of the circle of life and everything just evolves and connects, right now we are living it. We are living our lives. So maybe some things don't understand. I mean, you may not understand certain things or maybe it seems like nothing is connecting, but at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, everything is going to connect. So maybe, like we said, the denial, we don't understand why it's happening now, but we have to trust God anyway. 
And some and trials, they shouldn't come to make us weaker. Trials should come to make us stronger. But it's about how we respond to those denials. It's how we respond to tragic events. It's about what do we do starting now, starting here, that can not only change our lives, but change the generations to come. Got you. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I'm going to be like, you know, I'm that person that's like, I've been going to church. I've been going to church every Sunday. I've been there 20 minutes early. I sit there. I listen. I clean the church. I do everything that they, they, they tell me to do, you know, but every time I pray, God doesn't answer my prayer. You know, I'm not getting what I want. You know, what would you say to that person? I, I would tell them similar to what I just said. Some things happen that we don't understand, but we must be faithful to God. So although he may not answer your prayers when you want him to, maybe he may not come through for you when you want him to. Maybe you've heard what some would call a cliche. Um, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. That's not just a cliche. That is a fact. God may not come through always when we want him to, but when he comes through, he always comes through on time. And I preached a, preached a message probably about, I would say three weeks ago, and it was entitled, What's Up With My Waiting? Because at the time I was like, Jesus, I've been doing everything right, similar to that person in that scenario you just described. I've been fasting, I've been praying. This is, my, this is what I was saying, I've been preaching, I've been doing extra work. What else do I need to do? And I heard God said, will you still trust me? Will you still trust me even when you cannot trace me? Will you still mm. trust him when you cannot trace him? You cannot trace him in your household or trace him on your job or trace him in school. Will you still trust him? And God is someone that we may not can be able to physically touch or physically see. But that's when your faith comes in. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Or in other words, I may not see it, but I believe it. And when you believe a thing, the more likely it is to come to pass. But in this um, instance, um, we have to still trust God, although we may not can trace him or although we may not can always see him in certain circumstances. But when we are when we think about it, we can actually see him in certain things and in certain circumstances. Oh, he made a way last time. Look at God. So maybe we cannot see him physically, but we can see him moving spiritually. We can see him working things out. So if God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore, that means that if he was able then, he's able now. So I would tell that person to continue to stay faithful to God because at the end of the day, it's always going to work out. Um, it's a Bible verse, Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for the good of those who love and trust God and who are called according to his purpose. If you've been called, if you've been chosen, stay faithful to God and he will stay faithful to you. You may still be asking, well, what's up with my waiting? 
Maybe it's due to your disobedience. Maybe you did something that you know you should not have done. Have you asked God for forgiveness? Maybe a person hurt you as a child. Maybe you were traumatized. Maybe you are still getting triggered. Have you deal with that trauma? Have you forgave that person who triggered you? Because sometimes, usually it's not God who holds us up in our waiting. Usually we hold ourselves in our waiting due to our disobedience and due to our actions. Now, Jesus knows that we're going to sin because all sin, but because of the gift of eternal life, because of his gift of forgiveness, we can ask him for forgiveness and accept it. So maybe your waiting is due to a lack on your end. Now, now this is now I'm going to, I'm going to, then now I'm going to pose that question on your end. Do you think what happened in the past hour was due to a disobedience on your end? I honestly would say yes. I would say yes. Like I said, I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect, which is why I ask God to make sure I don't judge other people. Because who are we to judge? So I do believe that some of it is due to my lack of disobedience. And even those things that other people don't see us doing or other people don't see us saying or other people don't see us thinking in our mind god knows all okay and god is always looking he's always there so maybe no one else is around but god is around so to respond to your question i say yes but we will truly never know for sure you know so it's all on God's hand, but I would say yes. Okay. So and, then I, I, go ahead. And like, and that connects to what I just said of disobedience. Interesting. So now I'm gonna, I'm, and then I pose this question because you know, there's, you know, there's this. I know that there's someone thinking about this, saying, "I've been righteous. I've done everything right." When I sinned, I asked for forgiveness. When everything, when things went, you know, when I knew I was wrong, I'm like, God, forgive me. I did my best to do right. But then I look around me and I see people who disobey God, who do the complete opposite of what the Bible tells you to do, who are completely, you know, we cannot judge, but their, their actions and everything they do, they, you know, they, they disobey every single commandment. But they are prospering. They're successful. They have everything that, that you can ever want in life and they are living the dream that that person that individual is like i want that I, that is what i was promised for being faithful but somebody who is not and who's constantly disobeying keeps getting the blessings what would you say to that person i would tell that person i have been in the similar sense i was like jesus it seems like everyone else is around me getting blessed and here i am still waiting on what I've been praying and asking for, and it seems like I'm doing so many things right. I always tell them, maybe it is something like a test. So will you stay steadfast? Will you stay unmovable? How long will you not fall into that temptation? How long will you not give up? How long can you resist the temptation to just go out and sin? How long can you do it? 
And I feel like some of us are on at our breaking point and some of us are still trying to push through. And when we get to our breaking point, we make all kinds of unwise decisions. We make crazy decisions. For example, if you're desperate for healing, if you're desperate for a breakthrough, desperate for a financial security, whatever it is, whatever you're waiting on God for, you have to make sure you stay steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the truth, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So how long will you actually stay faithful? So maybe it's also a test of, okay, if you are put in this situation, how will you deal with it? And to go back to that desperate piece, when we are desperate, we make unwise decisions, or in other words, we are more likely to do something that we wouldn't do if we were in that state and we had all the hope we need, we had all all the resources we need, when we um, aren't desperate. So sometimes it's a test on our end of how long we can stay steadfast and if we won't make unwise decisions, although we may be desperate. Okay, so there's two two angles. I mean, I agree with you. I 1 million percent would say I agree with you as far as, you know, patience is key. But I also am also in a position where I think 50%, I think desperation is necessary. I'll, 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 um, here's, why, here's why I say that. In everything that we do, I've always learned the saying that, you know, someone once told me this. He said, comfort is the enemy of success, right? When you're comfortable, when everything is going right for you, you don't make decisions to grow, right? Because think about it. If you go to the gym and you work out, right? The point of growth is when you strain the muscles, right? That's when the muscle, then you, you start to grow new. I'm, I'm like, I'm not a biologist here, but you know, more tissue f- starts to form basically to repair the damage, right? Because of the fact that you've pushed yourself to grow. So in a way, you got the, the way I think about it is in a perspective of, I, I think desperation, I think, because this is also what's weird. I think, because you can argue this point as well. I think God puts us in a position of desperation so we can also make actions and take actions to basically grow and push ourselves to the next level as opposed to staying. Like, for instance, you know, you pray for, because you got to think about it, right? You pray for success. You pray for everything. You pray for growth. But before the sun comes up, there must first be night, right? Because remember, the day starts at midnight, right? The day starts in darkness, right? So for there to be new growth, there first has to be darkness. Then the light comes in between, right? Mm -hmm. So in a way, I I would also argue that like desperation per se, or your back against the wall or losing something that's important to you is a necessary factor to take an action towards the direction that maybe you wouldn't have taken if everything you had, everything. Like for instance, right? Let's say for instance, let's say I have I have this Android, right? I have this Android Motorola, which, by the way, I love this phone. It costs, it was free, but this phone is way sturdier <laughs> than my iPhone. Kid you not, kid you not. But let's say I have this phone and I'm holding this phone right now, right? And God, let's say, is like, hey, you know, I'm praying. And let's say the upgrade for this is an iPhone. God's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to get you an iPhone. But I don't think God really cares about what, what brand of phone you get. You have pray for, you pray for a phone, God gives you a phone. So let's say you want, let's say I want to, you know, God wants to give me another phone. But this, this, my hand is currently full with this phone. I don't know when he's going to do it, but I know that I prayed for a new phone. So what's going to happen is something's going to happen where, boom, this phone's gone out of the way and my hand's going to be empty. 
my hand's going to be my hand, my hand, you know, my hand's going to be empty, right? In the sense as to nothing's here because then I'm going to take the option of like, you know what? I'm going to walk in the store. I'm going to go to an iPhone store and I'm going to tell them I want a phone. I'm going to pray to God. You know, maybe there might be a promotion. Maybe something might happen. And then boom, next thing you know, for some miraculous way, I now have an iPhone. So don't you think in a way, being in that position of losing something, being in a position of desperation forces you to take actions as necessary. I agree partially with what, what you said, and I disagree with partial okay. what you said. The reason why I agree that sometimes God allows certain things to happen to get us out of a place that you describe as contentment, because it is true that we become content, we get comfortable in a certain position, and then we start to lose things, and it is a wake-up call a wake-up call to, okay, you need to go to the next level. A wake-up call to say, okay, it's time to do what God has called you to do. So I do feel like sometimes when losing things, it's a wake-up call. But I don't ever think and I don't believe that God will put us in situations that we will have to make wrong decisions or sins. God would never put us in a place that okay, I just have to steal. Oh, well, well, well no, 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 no. I think, <laughs> I think, I think it was a, it was a, it was a confusing. No, I didn't. My point wasn't meant in a perspective of like, oh, you know what, this is bad. Now go steal. No, no, no. It's not a position. It's more of a position of like, hey, you get in a position where you pray for something, you put into work, you get it. But it's not a position of like, oh, I'm gonna go, you know, take this. Right. I think what I mean by desperation, I mean, in a sense, is to maybe if a person losing a job for the most part. Right. Like I know of an individual, this individual lost a job and then next, to, you know, was applying. And after, you know, he applied for what you call it, I think he probably sent out maybe 100 applications. But now the dude is almost about breaking six figures, but he never would have applied and left the job basically washing cars if he never had lost that job. So no, it wasn't a position. It's not a position. I'm saying by no means do I condone any. I believe everyone needs to be hardworking, um, but there's no mean by no means that I condone that. Just just wanted to clarify that point. Yes. So I do believe to go back on your point that we have to lose some things to gain some things. You're going to have to maybe take some things out of your house to bring some new things in. Sometimes in our lives. We have to remove some things so that new things can come in. And also, I've, I know that some of us have been in a place of um, depression and unhappiness and drained for the past three years, even from the effects of the pandemic. And I would say that maybe we need to try new things. And yes, it is true that sometimes we lose things or we get that no because it's not meant for us and because God has something else for us, but it will cause us to get out of our comfort zone so that we can experience experience something new. So I do want to challenge the listeners at this time to think about something that you have been thinking about doing for a long time. It could be starting that business, starting that nonprofit organization, writing that book, starting your own podcast, or getting that other job or going back to school to get a degree, no matter your age. And sometimes we feel that unhappiness, that 
feeling of desperation that we place on ourselves sometimes because we have got content. And then when we lose some things, we're asking God, why me? When we should be saying, thank you, Lord, for taking this away from me, because if you hadn't taken away, taken it away from me, or if you would not have said no to that thing, I wouldn't be moving on to something better. Yeah, interesting, man. Interesting. I, I, as as you as you're saying that, I'm just even thinking about like you know the story of Job in the Bible, where you know the devil went to God and is like, you know, you have your faithful servant here. I, I'm I'm paraphrasing, and you know, and the devil was like, well, I bet you if I, you know, if I go and inflict him a couple of times, he's gonna curse you. And God's like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And God's like, you know, all right, go give it a shot. Goes the first time, you know, goes he loses everything, comes back to God, he's like. God, you know, and then God's like, see, he didn't curse me. And he's like, no, I'm not done yet. Went back and he's like, all right, took his family from him, came back. God's like, ah, no, he hasn't done anything. And then he kept hammering and kept hammering and kept hammering. And then finally, boom, all of a sudden God's like, all right, it's enough, enough. I'm going to give him everything back, double fold, more than he's ever, he's ever, uh, uh, ever had. I just heard a saying today. It says, the way God God works opposite to the way that the the human beings op think, right? So the way human beings operate is in the sense as to we operate off of you learn, you study, you learn, and then you take a test. The way God works is He gives you the test, <laughs> and then you learn, right? You learn after the test, not before. So it's a in a way, it's almost like we we God gives us, I would say, probably gives us challenges or things to overcome. To, because we come out the other side a different individual. We we come out the other side somebody who is who is a new. We come out this other side with somebody who is. Uh, it, it's very weird to think about it, but I'm I'm very I'm very curious this question. I really want to ask this question. You're 15. You get in the church. You're like hallelujah. I'm gonna be preaching. You're excited. You talk to everyone. You're like hey guys. You know we're gonna have a great service. It's gonna be awesome. You're like hey Carol. It's good to see you again in service. You know hey Mark. It's good to see you. Hey yeah you know you're saying all that. But then there's somebody in the in the congregation. You ever wonder the congregation was like, I'm not listening to a 15-year-old. What does he know? I'm I'm 55. I've been mm -hmm. in this world longer than he has. What does he know? Would he ever <laughs> does that ever happen or does that ever cross your mind? Yes, indeed. That is a very good question. <laughs> so <laughs> um this year I've probably preached the most in my life than I have ever. I went on tour as speaking engagements that's what the tour consisted of because usually when people go on tours it is artists singers or authors for their new books but no this tour that i had this past summer it went on for over three months it was sometimes two or three days a week um and i have the honor to travel to various churches various events conferences youth day services graduation services you name it and so it also opened this door of me coming to this event or me coming to this church will people receive me and sometimes i do think about that but then i stopped worrying about that because i recognize that if god has given me this gift if god has given me this message it's meant for somebody and I must go there and be bold and be passionate about who is I'm delivering it to. It could just be that one person in the congregation or one person in a crowd or one person at that event that I bless. And then I did my job. 
Um, so it has been seniors who or you know elders people in their 60s or and up who would say things like that uh, and even when they didn't even say it i could look at them and tell it mm. and i could tell it because of their body posture maybe i'm on stage and they're like this or you know they're doing some other position or you know looking evil but then I, they may start off that way. But then by the time I get to my last point, I usually have three points in my message. When I get to my last point, they kind of adjusted their body a little bit and they've opened their heart to receive it a little bit. Mm. So when you do what you have been called to do and focus on the task at hand, you have to remove the distractions. You have to remove the, the ideas in your head or of, I'm not good enough. I'm incompetent. These people aren't receiving me. You have to remove those ideas and do what you have been called to do. Even when speaking to youth, usually I spoke at a summer program and I think it was in July. And some of you started off looking like, oh, here's another person talking to me, blah, 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 blah. Um, what can he tell me about this, that, and the third? But then they start sitting up, they start smiling a little bit because I interact with them one-on-one. -on -one. And I build this connection. And as far as go to your other part of your question, no, I have not lived a long time. I've lived for only 15 years, you know, at the time of this recording. But I recognize that the revelations that God gives me through reading his word, wisdom from having a personal relationship with Jesus and not just studying God's word when it's time for a preaching or time to motivate, uh, motivate somebody, but actually having a personal relationship with God, I have been given, getting revelations. Also, I'm a mentor to a lot of teens and even very young adults. So I get this revelation and I not only paraphrase or repeat Bible verses, but I know how to live it. I know what it actually means because I have that true relationship with Jesus and because I have had that revelation from Jesus. Mm. Dude, that's, that's, I mean, I mean, it's, it's very, I'm, I, but which by the way, did you, did you ever take any public speaking classes or is this more of, you know, coming out <laughs> of just this, the natural? So no, I've never took, public speaking classes even my first message as you asked me about in the beginning i know we have went all all off what we were told what we said we was going to talk about well i know that first question you asked me about me speaking at nine years old i do remember me practicing that message since it was my first one i was only nine the people didn't want me to get up there and say you know they didn't know what i was going to come out of a nine-year-old's mouth so i did have to um well, I didn't even have to, but I had my grandpa to come to my home and give me feedback for that message. But I've never had training on anything. Of course, I do ask 
some of my family members for their feedback after I finish a presentation or after I go to this school to encourage the youth or on a Sunday. I do ask for feedback because if we want to get better, we have to get feedback. And we have to learn how to accept the feedback out of a place of love. So like today, right now, talking to you all, I'm giving I'm getting my giving myself feedback. So we have to not only um, receive feedback from others from a place of love, but actually give ourselves feedback. I am not saying be hard on ourselves, but what I'm saying is be truthful and honest with ourselves. And that's what allowed me to evolve over time. I listened to a message that I preached about a year ago and I compared it to where I am now. And I was like, this is a huge difference <laughs> because I have learned to, uh, I just learned over time. For example, one place they didn't have Wi-Fi. So my iPad was not working properly. So then I decided to connect it to my hotspot on my phone so now I can use my tablet. Then I got the computer. The computer went dead. Okay, make sure I print out whatever I'm going to say if I plan on saying something before I leave the house. So in case the computer dies, I have a, another option. So things like that is more of me training myself and getting that feedback. I love it, man. I love it. I would I would absolutely enjoy having this conversation much longer because I mean, not only it's because, you know, before leading, even you were talking about, you know, when, you know, what happened an hour, hour and a half prior, you were thinking like, I'm going to have to cancel this podcast. So, you know, I've been up since four this morning because today was kind of a we're kind of getting everything structured because we're getting a, a very, you know, um, I don't want to speak on it, but you know, we have some things that are working in the works that we're working on. So I woke up early and I'm like, Hey, I want to do the work. I'm a, you know, uh, I try to take a nap and take a nap as like I ate and I went back, to, you know, back to working. But I wanted to actually, I was like, ah, I might just, you know, message producer who's on here to tell Jaden, Hey man, let's reschedule. Cause I don't think like I have the energy. And I was sitting here, and my girlfriend was like, all right, come on, reach up. Come on, you got this. You got this. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, I mean, you know, I was like, yeah, let's do this on new energy and all that stuff. But I sat down here, and then the moment you started talking and you shared that story of what, you know, you happened an hour before, just it kind of resonated with me because right now there's, a, there's, a, there's something I'm currently going through, which to me, I don't think I've ever been in a position, you know, usually when I'm like, Cause you said, you, you know, God's, you know, God said to you, is like, can you trust me even though you can't trace me? Right. And I'm, I'm thinking about it to myself. And I was like, can, I, sh I should be trusting God in this situation because worse things than this have happened and he's helped me out of it. So in a way I was like, even just listening to you, it was like, I, it felt like I was, it felt like this conversation for the most part was like a, it was like, I wouldn't even say it's like a sermon, but it was like something I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I think it was it was this was something where, you know, you know, when it's like you don't really want to do something. But then when you ended up doing it, you're like, oh, well, actually, I, it's a good thing that I never canceled right. on this and actually made it on. But, dude, I, I have to say uh, out of most of, you know, I've had phenomenal guests on, you know, everyone's been phenomenal. But I think for you, there's a I would like to say I would, it's safe to say that you have a special gift that touches people's souls, not just their minds. You know, like, you don't you don't. it's not a matter of like. You know, when you say stuff, I'm like, dude, nah. I think I personally think you do great things. You started at a young age. Um, I hope to see you on the big stage. I hope to one day be going to church and they go, Pastor Jaden is, is preaching. 
you know, and then you open a twin, you know, so Pastor Jaden is preaching. And I walk in, I, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, that guy was on the podcast. And I'm sitting in the middle row, like, hey, can I get to the front? They're like, no, sir, you came you came like five minutes before start time. I'm like, you know, no, 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 I know the guy. They're like, sir, we're going to kick you out if you don't, if you don't. <laughs> yeah, too much. <laughs> but no, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, any projects you're currently working on right now, because we're about point in time where we wrap up, any projects you're working on where people can go check you out? Okay, yes, to stay connected, you can head over to jadenwatkins.com. That's J-A-Y-D-E-N-W-A-T-K-I-N-S.com. I am in the works of starting my nonprofit organization. Um, it's just a few more challenges that I have to face as being a young um, teenager and trying to found a legal organization. So those who went through a similar process, you know what I'm talking about. So please pray my strength with that. I'm also starting this teen Bible study group. Um, so if you are interested in online sessions, please let me know. Um, you can contact me on my website through that form. Please follow me on Instagram at I a m j a y d e n w a t k i n s that is i am jaden watkins at um and that's on instagram i also have my own podcast entitled the preferable podcast and a new season is coming out next year i don't know the exact time but there's so many other things i'm working on so the best way to stay connected is to follow me on facebook at jaden watkins or on instagram at i am jaden watkins i love it i love it guys uh the links again then again guys the links is going to be in the description so if you go in the description right now if you're listening on on youtube which by the way smash that like button and subscribe to the channel um yes. check the description you can connect with Jaden. if you're listening to us on spotify i know you guys are spotify listeners we're growing where we, we the, the trend on spotify is insane and i know we have some loyal followers and loyal supporters on, on spotify just do my favor hit the follow button and definitely click the description to connect with Jaden. i mean obviously this feels like I almost want to release this episode on a Sunday because I feel like this is a <laughs> <laughs> this should be like a this should be like a, a, a Sunday a Sunday sermon podcast featuring Minister Jaden. Yes, Emmanuel. Can I ask you one question before you Absolutely. close? Like, I I don't know how long your episodes are supposed to be. <laughs> I want to ask you this question: What legacy do you want to leave behind? You talked about well, uh, doing your podcast. You talked about pushing through. You know, waking up at five in the morning, if I remember correctly, that you said out of your life, out of what you do, what legacy do you want to leave behind? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of a lengthy answer and, and that's a very deep question because the moment you asked me that, I thought about one person. So my father before he passed away was by far, I would say he was a big influence in my life, very big influence in my life. In everything he did for the community, he was a very big influence. But when he died, I remember this, when he died, it's almost like, you know, when they say a rich man and a, and a poor man, they both get buried in the same place. They both go to the ground. And just seeing his life towards his death and how, I don't know, it was like he felt so, because growing up, I saw this man as like, you know, revered basically. But he just, he looked, you know, 
he, he, it was so normal. So it was almost like you could see, like he had this fear in his eyes, right? So then I'm thinking about that. And so I, and, and this is what I'm going to say. My legacy was, is not going to be defined by financial accomplishments because I see a man has accomplished something greatly financially, you know, and I'm like, it's not necessarily going to be financial because when we die, we leave the money here, right? The chips go back on the table. So it's not necessarily financial. I have a five-year-old son. And I remember when he was three and a half, four, I say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now he wants, he's like, I want to be a five, five. He's made all sorts of things, but he goes, I want to be like you, dad. Mm. So he said that to me, he goes, I want to be like you. And now it's like, okay. So then that kind of put a responsibility on me. Cause he said that to me, I was driving and I stopped and I said, and I just, just sat there in the car, just sat there. I didn't move. I just sat there in the car and I just thought to myself and I'm like, the person that I am right now, is this the person that I want my five-year-old son to be? And I, you know, I was like, and then boom, I realized I needed to make some life changes. So then I'm thinking about it. My legacy will be defined by the people I leave behind, mm. right? And by the impact that I make in their life, not necessarily by how much money I make, not necessarily by how much travels and experiences I get, but by the fact as to me coming in contact with you in some way, shape, or form, you're like, hey, just by me. You know, one of the one of the prayers we always pray is, I always pray that through me, God, everybody I come in contact with, let them, let me be in some way, shape, or form, be a blessing unto their lives. That yes. is the one prayer that I always do. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, like, for instance, my gym coach, my, uh, my personal trainer, <laughs> since we started training in two, three months, his revenue has gone up. But necessary, but I'm like, good for you. But necessarily, my whole thing is, I know once, you know, Let's say we go our separate ways. He's going to be like, for some way, shape, or form, I interacted with Emmanuel, completely changed my life. I want to just be in a point in which I want to get 6 billion people to know me because I know through me, God will bless them in some way, shape, or form. I know it sounds very egotistic, but I'm like, I want to be a blessing to as many people as I can because I know once I leave this world, I won't be forgotten in one generation or two generations. Oh, three generations, because they're going to be like, well, you know, as a, you know, your, your, you know, uh, you know, your, the great grandfather is going to be like, well, I met this man, Emmanuel. And then the grandfather's like, well, you know, great grandpa used to say this. And then, you know, the father's going to be like, well, you know, that's kind of my way I want to look at it. And what is I just in a, in a sad way, I want in a, in a good way. I want to be a blessing to other people. Mm -hmm. I want to live. I want to be leave my legacy through the people I encounter. But in a sad way, and I'll say it's a sad way, I don't want to be forgotten in one or two generations. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm just going to clap right there because Emmanuel, that was so powerful. And if the person who's controlling this, if you can just stay right here for a moment, the same screen layout, and I'm going to say this, I promise I'm going to keep this under a minute. I try to anyway. It doesn't matter if we're the per if you're listening, if you aren't Christian, it doesn't matter your religion. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your age. If you would just take time to be a light in the world, at the end of the day, for us, me and Emmanuel, it does come down to Jesus. But if you want to look at it like this, it comes down to the light. When people see us, when people interact with us, they should see hope. They should see light. You may not be having a good day, but guess what? You're still alive. Guess what? You may not have everything you want, but you have everything you need because you're still at 
you still have the activity of your limbs. You still have a mouth to talk. Somebody couldn't talk this morning. Somebody, you know, woke up this morning and couldn't move their legs and move their arms, but you are still here. Some people don't have YouTube or a phone because they can't afford it, but you have one or mm -hmm. Spotify because you're listening to us right now. So when we be that legacy, we have to ask ourselves, are we having that hope? Are we being that light in such a dark world? With everything that's going around in our world, we at least need to be the light to somebody in some way, shape, or form. Simply asking, how are you doing today? Simply being willing to hug somebody. Simply willing to be able to give someone a dollar on the side of the road instead of judging them and say, go get a job. Maybe they are unemployed because of some kind of health condition they have. Will you still give them a dollar or something or go to the fast food restaurant and give them something to eat? How can you be a light in a dark world? And if you only bless one person or if you can only afford to bless two people, God sees your heart and God knows. But most of all, you are being a light in our dark world. When Jesus was on the earth, he didn't come through a palace. He came through a manger in what we believe to be a barn. The king of the world coming to us, our savior in a barn. What, what, what is that? But to see that Jesus was not a person about social status, but he left this legacy of love. And we can leave that legacy of love if we are only willing to be that light. <sighs> <laughs> oh man dude hallelujah man i love it i love it i love it. it's almost okay i've never i have never done this before in all the history of this podcast probably will not do it again but if if it's possible can you say a prayer for us oh yes i would love to and before i say this prayer jesus accepts you in the condition that you're in so it doesn't matter, like I said before, your race or your age, your gender or your sins in the past. You can ask God for forgiveness. Believe that he sent his son to die on Calvary for your sins and rose on the dead and you shall be saved. So let us pray. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, God, for life, health and strength. Thank you, God, for your many blessings, even those blessings that we take for granted. God, I thank you for this podcast, for the inspiration for those dreamers who would turn their dreams into a reality who are listening right now. God, we thank you for Emmanuel, for even on the hardest days, still choosing to go your way. God, please bless him in his personal life, in his business, in his home, in his family, in his legacy that he wants wants to leave behind. But right now, God, I pray for all of the listeners, all those who feel broken, all those who are in their waiting season, all those who are desiring for you to do something amazing. God, I come against suicidal thoughts. I come against high blood pressure. I come against mental mind games. I come against addictions and I come against any chain and generational curse that is trying to hold us bound. Jesus, I say thank you for breaking the chains and wherever you are you can just open your mouth and thank god right now for already doing it because we gotta see it before we see it or we will never see it 
Now, God, I ask that you guide us and lead us every step of the way and help us to trust you even on our hardest days so that we can still go your way because we want to be all yours. And now, God, we lay our burdens to you. And as I seal this prayer, I tell you, thank you. This is my prayer in the matchless name of Jesus. It is so, and so it is. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I love it. And then again, thanks again for everyone being on. Um, and thanks again, Jenny, for being on. I mean, that was this was such a blessing. Uh, thanks again, guys. Everyone take care. Bye-bye.